Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 62 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everybody is well and everybody is safe. In just a little bit, we'll be hearing from Thomas Bex and Laura Cress as we will be reviewing The Flower Collectors, The Procession to Calvary, uh, Plague Tale Innocence, The Last of Us, and we will finish with a hands-on preview of Beyond the Steel Sky. But first, let's get to the news, and there's quite a lot of it. First of all, Nariscope have announced their schedule for this year. Uh, this will be an online conference. It will take place from May 28th to June 4th. But before those dates, on May 11th May to May 25th, they have an Inform 7 Boot Camp, which is an online high-speed course taught by Judith Pintar. Then from May 25th to June 8th, they have a Nariscope Game Jam, as people can get together in teams and work on an IF game while Nariscope is running. Now, you need to register for both of these events, and more details will be announced soon. But for more details about this, you can find out more at nariscope.org or under Twitter. And I will include links to this and all the other games I'm going to mention in the show notes. Next, Humble Bundle have announced a Sierra Bundle, Sierra the Third. So in several of their bundles, you can get some of their adventure and other games. But amongst their adventure games, you can get Gabriel Knight 3, Police Quest, the Quest for Glory series, and Phantasmagoria, amongst other games. So again, I'll include a link to this in the show notes. We only have about 10 days left before you can get your hands on these bundles. So next, Didalic have release the first screenshots of their action-adventure game, Lord of the Rings Gollum. So we see some screenshots here of Gollum and some of the gameplay mechanics. Still not much is known about this game, and we still don't know about the release date, but for now we can check out the very nice-looking screenshots. So next, about one year ago, Antenna Dilemma was released by Golosso Games, and this was released to very positive reviews. And Goloso Games have announced that for the anniversary, they have announced new features to the game. So you can find a little teaser of the Antenna Dilemma sequel, which is at the end of their game. Now the game is one hour, so it shouldn't take you too long to find it. But if you still don't want to play it through again, you can find the teaser in the game itself at the very beginning. They will. They've also announced a deluxe edition. Well, two. DLCs in a deluxe edition with a 15% instant discount. So you can find out more on its Steam page, and of course, there will be a show no- uh, link to this on the show notes. Goloso Games have also made changes to their Inspector Waffles demo. So they've included a new inventory system of polished pixel art, they've changed the resolution, they've added a new font, and they've polished the UI as well, and they've fixed all known bugs. So you can find that on their website as well. Next, Mike and Tyler from Sinking Sheep now has a Steam page. So this is from the developers of yet another hero story. 
and it is a detective mystery case point and click adventure game and it is set to be released in quarter one of 2021. You can also play a demo now also on their Steam page. So next, Tales from Off Peak City Volume 1 has been announced. This game is set in the same universe as both the Norwood Suite and Off Peak, which were developers' previous games. This is the first game of many in the anthology of Tales, while each volume is its own self-contained story and experience. Taken together, they build towards a larger overarching narrative of what's really going on at the corner of July Avenue and Yam Street and what role you ultimately ultimately play in its fate. And this game is set to be released on May 15th. And next, Sarawak was announced. And this is a literary mystery game set in Oxford and Borneo. It's a narrative adventure game that takes you from dreaming spires of Oxford to the jungles of Borneo as you make interactive choices and solve puzzles in a story that blurs the boundaries between narrative games and conventional literature and is set to be released on Steam in early 2021. So next we have an interactive mystery game inspired by her story called Jessica. And in this game, Jessica's committed suicide and it's up to you to find out why she did what she did by prying into her digital past. What first seems to be a job like any other quickly developed into a dark drama with twists and turns. going to school back then when I was a kid. As long as it was just me, I was kind of his princess. So I had a pretty good childhood. And then, yeah, well then I met Sasha. And then my father simply left. Yeah, and then I hurt myself all the time somehow. And this game is from Trittree Games and it's set to be released in the summer of 2020. And you can find more about this game on the Steam page. Next we have The Strange Story of Brian Fisher Chapter 1. This is the story of Detective Brian Fisher who after the disappearance of his father makes it his life mission to find him alive. His father is a scientist who has disappeared under suspicious circumstances and Brian is eager to find his father and devotes his life to find out why and how he disappeared.
began 20 years after my father's disappearance. 20 years with no trace, no sign, no body. When one night, when I woke up locked in a cage, in a dark and old cabin, deep in the woods. And that's the moment when my mystery really started. Trying to escape from that cabin, I started to discover more evidence about my father. And then suddenly, I realized I was there because of him, because of his discovery, a discovery that will change my life and the lives of everyone else. Whoever was the one that put me in the cage, he knew that I'm the key for the discovery. A key that even I myself wasn't aware of. A key that'll save the world. This game is out now on Steam. Chapter 1 is out now at least, and there are planned to be chap 7 chapters, so look forward to finding out more about that. Next, another detective game, slightly different, is Cameo CCTV Detective. In this game you play as CCTV Detective Lopez as he solves crimes through the ever-faithful lens of a security camera. The crime rate in a small city of Churchview is rising and it's up to Lopez to lower it. So you play the majority of game in front of Detective Lopez's computer, where you can find his emails, the cameo software, video games and a working internet browser and webcam, but you also get to go on foot to the crime scenes where you must search for cameras and clues that can be used in the investigation. And this game is coming from Rectangle Games and is set to be released on 19th of June 2020. Slightly different game now and Dreamback VR is a virtual reality first-person psychological horror game where you explore the eerie Rickford Mansion trying to unravel its mysteries and survive the experience with your sanity intact. This game is coming from Come Over Gaming and is set to be released later in 2020. For something slightly different again. We don't have many Western adventure games, certainly not recent games, but this game is a new Western adventure game. It's called Lone McClonagan. So this is, according to developers, a hilarious old-school point-and-click adventure game that takes us to the far west where we, we will meet a lot of peculiar characters and we will need to solve a lot of intricate and funny puzzles to steal the bank, escape from prison, Mix dangerous ingredients, explode things, tell lies, squeeze cactuses, or cacti rather, play the banjo, make jokes, and, oh yes, defeat his arch enemy Bragg Badass and become 
the most wanted outlaw in the far west. This game is being developed by Veronica Rodriguez and Antonio Carlon and is set to be released later in 2020. And you can find out more about this game on their website and on their Twitter page. And finally, we have a sequel to Nairi called Nairi Rising Tide. Thomas reviewed the first Nairi game earlier in 2019 and the developers have announced a second game which continues in the highly anticipated second chapter of Nairi. In this graphic adventure, Nairi pushes onward on a perilous quest to save her family, leaving the Tower of Shirin's grimy slums behind in this exciting all-new sequel. Now, this game is not set to be released until 2021, but in the meantime, we can play a prologue, which will give us a sneak peek of things to come in Rising Tide, which will be released on Steam on May 21st, 2020. So that's it with the news for this week. So um, before we get to the reviews, I just wanted to say that uh, we recorded the reviews last week. Uh, we talk about some. We talk about the news regarding The Last of Us Part Two, where spoilers were leaked online. Now, obviously, we don't mention the spoilers. We don't know what the spoilers are, but we do talk a little bit about it. Now, at the time, it was believed that uh, maybe some employees from Naughty Dog had released the spoilers but since then sony have announced that the person or the people who released it were not working for naughty dog or for sony so we didn't know it at the time but we do have a discussion on crunch in the gaming industry as well and we talk about the games that we mentioned as well so without further ado here are the reviews with thomas and laura so I am joined, as always, by Thomas Bex and Laura Cress. So Thomas Bex, you were known as the Flying Dutchman, but now you're the staying-at-home Dutchman. And Laura Cress, you were a quest queen, but now you're a staying-at-home queen. So how are you guys doing? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm still processing that introduction. <laughs> Did you spend time on that? No. Was those, were those the notes that you were going to make before we were going to start? <laughs> Did that take any time? <laughs> I I don't need any notes. As people can probably guess, <laughs> I, I go completely, you know, everything is completely in my head. I, 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 I'm prepared completely for every episode that I do, for everything that I say. I don't need to write anything down because I remember everything. Um, anyway, what was I talking about again? Oh yes, <laughs> introductions. <laughs> welcome, uh, welcome to week what is it? Forty-seven of quarantine. Oh, I, I've lost don't. count now. <laughs> oh, it feels like it. Merry Christmas, everyone! It's uh... <laughs> oh, it's I... Christmas. Damn it. Simply uh, having <laughs> wonderful Christmas time. Well, this year it's exactly the same as every other day, apparently. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how are you guys doing? 2020, where every day feels like a week. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, well. <laughs> if 2021 could come up, you know, very quickly, I'm kind of getting very tired of this year already, and we're only four oh, months yeah. in. So. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, we're here. we've got a lot to talk about this week. We have a couple of games as well. We have um laurie going to talk about the procession to calvary and thomas well then we're going to be doing a post-apocalyptic 
<laughs> section, <laughs> which <laughs> which uh, I'm sure everyone will be delighted to hear. So I'll be talking about A Plague Tale Innocence, again, a very appropriate maybe for these times or inappropriate for and then thomas you played the last of us which we'll be talking about and then we'll be finishing off with an exciting preview of beyond the steel sky which you spoke about laura so um looking forward to that but first uh, shall we start with a game that i just finished playing called the flower collectors stayed at the bench last night. He must have been close by when the murder happened. She's not my friend. I'm just helping her investigate a story. What about it? He looks cautious. Not every day there's a corpse lying on your doorstep. Things take time. You've only just started. I don't have time. heard about this did you play this at gamescom laura uh i didn't play it they showed me some kind of the the concept around it and some Mm. screenshots of it because i I don't think they had a sort of workable uh playable demo for it at that point but yeah it looked interesting so i'm intrigued to hear what you thought yeah so this um this game it's set in 1977 in barcelona which is so it's two years after the death of franco uh, who have been in power for over four decades. So Spain is transitioning into a democracy. Um, now, thankfully, there was no civil war or anything, but it was still a bit messy because the old guard were trying to hold on to their positions of power. So it wasn't, they weren't going to give it up very easily and they were going to do pretty much whatever it took to hold on to power. So you play as an ex-police officer called Jorge, and he's in a wheelchair. Something happened to him, which we don't know at the beginning of the of the game. But he's on his own in his apartment. Um, it's uh, one night. He wakes up, and he's out on the balcony. He hears a gunshot. He turns around, and he sees a dead body on the um, on the plaza, the square. And he sees a person. Well, not a person. We'll play that a little bit later. A character running down the alleyway, and then a couple of minutes later, there's a knock at his door, and that's where I'll leave it because the, um, the joy of this game is to discover the story as it develops. The focus is on the narrative. And it's a very good narrative as well, very interesting, unique setting. And um, also, before we move any further, it's also unique because they are, this is a world populated entirely by animals. So, which is the kind of odd subgenre which is animal detectives which <laughs> i don't know where this came from but it's a thing now apparently and i'm all for it and so you play as apparently it's a bear i say apparently because the game is first person and i only realized it was a bear afterwards 
because of the concept art <laughs> at the um that I found out. Now the thing is, I I did enjoy it, but I think there was maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity because I think they could have used the fact that you that it's full of animals. Maybe they could have had maybe a dog sniffing out for clues and a cat maybe being very um, stealthy. But apparently they're they're like humans, so they just look like animals. But apart from that, they are humans. Um, but the story is overall it's really good. There's, it's a very unique setting, and I think they do a great job with the setting. Because at the time, you know, there's, there's a lot of politics happening and a lot of political point of view, which can be similar maybe to nowadays, that uh, Spain was just coming from a far right-wing government and it was going increasingly to the left. So the ex-cop that you play is an older, more conservative man. And then you meet up with a younger woman who is a more liberal woman and she's trying to move the country forward so they have these kind of discussions and then there is um, a catholic church as well where he's more friendly with the priest and she doesn't trust him and so you have things like that as well so you have this all of this in the background and it's done really well clearly the developers have done their research into the story into the background at the time and the setting of the time as well and the graphics look really, really nice. It's fully 3D, but it's a living, breathing world. The characters walk about as well. It's a little bit like the virtual theater of um, Revolution. So the characters oh, yeah. don't okay. just stay in one one part. So they move about have their own lives. And so the gameplay, it's basically you could describe this game as rare window needs backbone needs firewatch. <laughs> so instead you have this character in in a wheelchair, you are uh, most of the time or all the time in your apartment and on the balcony. So you need to ha- you need to direct your new partner, who's this younger woman, and you need to t- tell her what to do. So you have a transmitter radio like you'd had in Firewatch. Um, so then if you see, you need to use your binoculars or your camera from the balcony. If you see two characters arguing, then you need to direct her to go and eavesdrop. And then you also, a few seconds, you need to direct her to escape from the police or escape from other people as well. So you tell her where to go. Thankfully, these are very easy because they focus on the narrative. You don't need to have uh, quick reflexes or anything. So if uh, she thinks that she'll be caught, she just refuses to move. So it's, um, it's not a hugely long game. It took me about three hours but I was very interested in the story all the way through. Later on in the game as well, you do meet a character where you have to decide what to tell that person, what to whether to tell the truth or tell or or lie, or hide the truth basically. And then so you have different motivations as well because your character is an ex-police officer. He's still friendly with the police, and then she's obviously against the police. So there's that really interesting dynamic as well, and. Um, and yeah, overall, I would definitely recommend it. It's now, it, there are a few minor issues there. You know, for example, there are a couple of times when your character says, "Oh, please let me know when such a character is outside so I can talk to them," and they're right in front of her. So it's like, uh, well, you can see them, but then <laughs> again, they're right there in front of you. But it is a very complex game. I think what is really remarkable is that this is an indie developer. They're by no means a AAA developer. And they have managed to um, to manage to make this really complex game and do a great job overall. There is one other issue which I have, which we're going to talk about later as well, is 
that I don't know why this seems to be a thing now for more games, more narrative games, but there's, there are no manual saves. So the game is comprised of 10 chapters, and the game automatically saves at the end of every chapter, but it's not possible, as far as I know, to save during the chapters. Now, Even the chapters if you are, quit the game? Nope, I don't think so. Well, I didn't try it because when I was going to quit, it just said if you quit, then you lose all progress saved in the chapter. So maybe you do it saves automatically in the chapter, but it didn't mention it. There was nothing about it, and I didn't want to lose a progress. But I don't know why they didn't include a manual save, because, you know, if real life happens, if you get an interruption and you need to leave, it would be nice to save and then go back rather than replay section of the game. As I said, the chapters are very short, so it's not a huge issue. But still, I I believe, believe that they should add manual save uh, function, which I think sure. would improve the game. And it would relieve the stress because this is a different type of stress, which is I don't <laughs> think is good in games. That Am I going to get a knock on the door? But um, but yeah, no. Over the voice acting is really good. Thankfully, they don't have fake Spanish accents because they speak in English. The only Spanish they use is every so often they go "see si, señor, doña, hola," but they have American accents and they feel appropriate to the characters. And this, it's a nice jazz soundtrack in uh, as well. So it's not the most tense or suspenseful of games, but it's a nice, more or less relaxing game to play as well. Really enjoy the narrative. And yeah, I definitely highly recommend it. So that game is The Flower Collectors and the developers are Mipumi. And you can also read a written review I did, which is more detailed and more comprehensive as well. So that was The Flower Collectors. And Laura, I believe that you played a game. I believe you played The Procession to Calvary, correct? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Thank you. So what can you tell us about this game? <laughs> So yeah, uh, The Procession to Calvary, uh, I really loved it, I have to say. Uh, it's by the developers Joe Richardson. Uh, Joe Richardson and Super Hot Presents are the publishers. Uh, I played it on Steam. Um, it's um, a, a sequel of sorts. It's similar to another game that Joe Richardson has done called Four Last Things, which I actually hadn't heard of, but um, apparently it also got really good reviews. And it's sort of similar in its kind of setting the idea behind procession to calvary is um he's taken sort of real life renaissance paintings and brought them to life so they're animated things um it's like backdrops and characters from real life uh, renaissance paintings so there's things like girl with a pearl earring um and lots of other some paintings you'll recognize some you might not but anyway you you basically get to go through all these backdrops of amazing renaissance art uh, animated in this kind of Monty Python-esque way, um, like you would see in kind of Python cartoons in between sketches in a kind of jerky way, um, uh, which is really cool in itself. And then you actually are, one of the characters is um, from one of Rembrandt's paintings, I believe. Uh, and the whole idea is it's the end of the Holy War uh, and you are this character, this woman who's like really into like fighting and murdering and you're really upset that there's going to be no more murder. Uh, and they go, well, you know what? There's one more murder you can do. You can kill Holy Peter, who's this guy who's like started all this like killing in the first place. So you're a bit like, yes, hooray, I get to go and kill a murderer. So off you go to try and kill Holy Peter. And that's the whole sort of premise of the game. Um, now, one thing I really enjoyed about this, and as you know, because I spoke to you about this, um, is that you can finish this game in about 30 minutes 
if you just um, use your sword and kill people, which you actually can, which I thought was great. I really enjoyed the fact that you ca- there are puzzles, but basically, like at the very beginning, you need to get oars for a boat to like drive to sail away. Um, there's um, a guy who has oars for legs because he had his legs amputated. It's got quite a macabre humor. I'll say that as well. And you, there's there's supposed there's a whole puzzle you're supposed to do where you're like. Pete, you're supposed to get people to like you and then they say, yes, give give her your oars. And you can do that or you can just chop the guy's head off with your sword and just take the oars. And from that process onwards, you can continue on this path of destruction. And if you kill more and more people, actually the the world sort of closes off around you, which I thought was quite clever. Um, if, there's a certain point I think you can get to and if you've just ended up killing everybody in your path, they'll be like, you're not allowed to go through here. You're going to kill us. So you're not allowed to go to certain scenes that you would see if you bothered to actually solve the puzzles. Um, so that's the point. Like, it's encouraging, obviously, to actually solve the puzzles because you'll you miss out on a good amount of the game. Um, but it's kind of it was quite fun just to be like, no, I don't care about this, and go through and kill everybody. So there's so, three so endings. Yeah, no, knowing on. you, that was your first. Yep, it was at the game. Yeah. Just, to... was, I just thought the... I've got this sword. What you know, like could could I kill this guy? And I was actually quite shocked when I was like, oh, "Gosh, I just killed him! Like he's just dead." <laughs> yeah, I can see why you'd like it. It's about a woman who goes around murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> it was very refreshing. I think at one point as well, one of the characters is like, "Oh, she's about to kill Holy Peter," and they're like, "I know, but she's such a badass." <laughs> so, um, are, you, are you sure you didn't make this game yourself? <laughs> Laura, you didn't I write it. I'm very like, glad right. we're remotely recording this now. <laughs> yes, yes. Whew. Oh dear. So that's one way of doing it. Like I said, there's three endings, and obviously I finished this in like half an hour the first time, and they were like, "That's the ending. You didn't win." And so I was like, "Okay, I'm going to play through now and actually play it properly." And I'm glad I did because there's so much more to this game than just chopping people up. Um, that you know, it's um. The, the puzzles are interesting. It's kind of inventory-based puzzles, but they're all quite macabre and things like the items you pick up are things like a severed head and things like that. There's there's some dark humor at play and, and some of the, the characters are quite funny as well. So there's like a woman that's selling commemorative crucifixion t-shirts uh, to remember your loved one by and things like that. Um, so it doesn't, you know, it's got, it has a bit of a f- sort of fun, dark humor about with what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really good fun. Um, the game itself, uh, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. There's, it, there's no voice acting, but um, it's all kind of text on screen. But the music is amazing as well. So it uses sort of in keeping with the animations, it uses real life classical music as well. So each scene, there's a different sort of group of musicians in game, uh, like a, a group of, uh, I don't know, like flutists or uh Loot, there's a loot player and you can actually click on them and your character will say oh they're playing you know such and such by Vivaldi and so it's all this kind of classical music that gets accompanies you on your journey really which is quite cool um which in the backdrop you you know you might be murdering people so it's quite a fun <laughs> juxtaposition really uh but yeah really funny game uh the puzzles were all quite intuitive I thought you know it's um that it actually widens out to quite a large game in sort of the final third. So I'm glad I went back and played it. And there's loads of different areas to explore and, and talk to. 
And as I said, there's three endings as well. So apart from the first, which is quite quick to get, you know, it, it will take you a little while to go through everything. But you'll kind of want to because, you know, all the characters are, re- are really good fun. You know, there's like one scene where these little spinners are spinning away and you'll have a chat with them. And you're like, oh, you seem so happy. You know, why? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we are really happy because, you know, we, we just enjoy our job. But also... Malcolm's a very enthusiastic lover and you're just like okay thanks for that and just kind of go on your way um there's like a talent competition you've got to enter and one of the things they say is like one of the judges is really into um smelling fish so that's kind of a clue that you've got to get got to find a fish that might help you in your quest to beat the talent competition so there's like just weird little things that it sounds as if you wandered into a monty python movie or something yeah exactly it feels very much like that not and i think yeah it's it's fair to say that the the animations are are sort of monty python-esque but the humor is as well like genuinely funny i i was sort of laughing all the way through um so yeah it's very funny and a really cool art style and sort of great classical music as well it's it's very unique i think and really worth checking out nice yeah now this is our comedy game of the week which (laughs) as you mentioned laura you chop people's heads off and you (laughs) it's all very funny people (laughs) that is the comedy adventure game of the week so done in a funny way the fun ends here now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I mean, I'm glad that we had one comedy game because yeah. we'll be discussing now shortly uh, other games, which are most certainly not comedy games. Um, but no, I'm glad to hear. I, I've, I have read other uh, reviews. Everybody else seems to be really positive about the game as well. Everybody else really, really enjoys it. Um, other people have spoken to other developers. They played it. Um, there was one developer who said he played it at Adventure X, I think, two years ago when he, Exhibited the game there, and as he played it, he said, "This is a day one purchase for me." And he purchased it, and he loved the game himself. He said, and I've heard other people say they really, really enjoyed it. So it's um, no, it does sound very, very funny. I hope I can check it out myself during the year, and because uh, it sounds like it could, at the very least, win the best comedy adventure of the year. It's, um, I mean, I know Definitely. we've already talked. For me so far, it's the funniest mm. game I've played this year. I mean, I've played a lot of dark games, though, to be fair. But, um, yeah, I, it's just there's so many weird little things that, that happen. And it's got that kind of similar, I'm trying to think what other games do this, a bit like with Frog Detective, where it's like mm. it, the, the humour is kind of quite casual, that the characters are very sort of serious, but then the, the dialogue is quite casual. Like, you know, you'll get these people in these grand renaissance artwork telling to like piss off and stuff so it's quite funny in that sense right so yeah i mean i i hope i can because i've heard just nothing but good things about it uh, the procession to calvary which is available on steam as as you mentioned and the developer is joe richardson who as you mentioned he did make another game um what was what the name of the yeah, sorry. game uh, four, four lasting things which to be honest i'm gonna check out out now because i really mm. enjoyed this so i'm sure that will be good as well and before that, he made the prepos- preposterous awesomeness of everything. Oh. <laughs> uh, I have not played any of the games, but no. uh, you know he, he is well known at least in the adventure game community. And no, I'm delighted to hear that this game it meets expectations as well. It's funny because what I was wondering uh, before I heard your review was, would it be fun? Because I know it looks Python esque, but then as you expectations might be high if you try and 
compete, you're not compete, but have similar sense of humor as Monty Python. But it yeah. sounds like he hit the right notes. It sounds like he, uh, he, he hit it. He nailed it. Yeah, um, it's very or maybe, silly. <laughs> or maybe he stabbed it or chopped its head off. Or, <laughs> Something. I mean, and it's quite a feat as well to, I don't know how he's de- like recaptured these Renaissance mm, paintings. It looks you know, beautiful, the shape. Yes. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. So yeah, good on him. Yeah, so again, that is the, uh, the procession to Calvary and it's, Probably the only procession we'll be doing for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get in one of those jokes there somewhere. <laughs> so that is a procession to Calvary. Thank you, Laura. And so I said that is the comedy adventure game this week because here the comedy ends here. Now it's all dark and misery. And yeah, okay, that's a no, no, we'll, we'll still be happy. We'll still be <laughs> our usual selves. But I think it's fair to say the games that we've played now is are more on the dark side. Um, but first of all, I played a game, A Plague Tale Innocence, which I was playing anyway, and then real life started happening. And then I kind of wanted to finish this game very, <laughs> very quickly because it was reminding me a lot of real life. So this... This game is set in 1348, which is between 1340 and 1349, which is when the Black Deaths happened and and, um, the Dark Plague happened. And you play as Amicia de Rune, who is a 15-year-old girl. You're a daughter of a noble family. You start a game and you're out hunting with your father. And this also helps you get to know the controls. So... You have a slingshot, you go hunting, and you get to know how to use a slingshot. And that, and then something really, really bad happens, and really strange happens as well, as, <laughs> as you can probably tell with the name. And so you and your father run back. You try and tell your mother what has happened, but she is completely oblivious. She doesn't seem to care whatsoever. She completely interrupts you, and she seems to be working on some sort of alchemy experiment. And then you hear people coming to the house outside on horseback. Your mother looks outside the door and she sees that it's the Inquisition, those lovely people. And so then she tells you to grab your five-year-old brother, Hugo, and to escape. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Hugo has been, shall we say, cocooned his entire life. He's been in self-isolation his entire life. Uh, His mother has been protecting him because... There is something with him. We don't know what, but really Amicia barely knows him. And she is also jealous of him because her mother has been giving her attention completely to Hugo for the last five years. So now she's landed you with him, with this five-year-old. And she says, you need to escape the house. You need to find this other alchemist named Laurentius, and he will help you. So your first task is to escape the house, escape the guards, and then try and find this alchemist, which is a lot easier said than done. So again, this section, it introduces you to the stealth sections and to the shall say, action section. So this is a stealth action adventure game. Okay. Now, the um, I don't want to say too much more about the story as well, only that it does develop further. There are more twists and turns. It, uh, again, overall, it's, it's really, really good. The story is really good. Now, there are also lots of rats in this game, which at first, yeah, if you if if you if you don't like rats in this this game, there are certain scenes which I was trying to control the characters, but I was nearly you know through my you know watching it through my finger through my hands because I was like I 
it, it gets very tense. And uh, now the good thing is the rats don't like light, and these are kind of they look like supernatural rats with glowing eyes. And so you need to get fire or other forms of light to get through them. And so the good thing is the action and stealth sections for the most part are not very are not the, the most difficult. The, the game focuses largely on the narrative. And for example, whenever you have to use your slingshot and to hit the guard or or, or someone, then it automatically aims. So that is really helpful. And then the stealth sections, uh, they're more like puzzles as well, because if you move the camera around and see the patrols, then you can usually, you should be able to get past them. For example, in Broken Sword 3, the stealth sections were a lot more difficult. Um, okay. Oh, so okay. that is one good thing. So the, the acting was overall really good. Now, it is uh, set in France, and it was originally made in French, so the the characters, they do have some kind of French accents when they speak English. At first, it was a little bit off-putting. I admit it was a bit like, hello, hello, like, hello, how are you? <laughs> with, okay. Uh, with that French accent. Ooh, Renee. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> now, it's better than that. And you do get used to it. And it's not as exaggerated as that. You do kind of get used to it. Yeah, and the acting is very, I don't know if they are kids or not, but... You do really become emotionally attached to the characters. And um, so the acting was really good. The music, the soundtrack is, again, really, really good. It has um, these really, you know, heavy drum beats during the action sequences. And the graphics as well, the game looks amazing. It looks really, really good. It's, uh, I'm not sure if it's a triple A game. It's definitely a double A game. It's, um, again, it, it just, again, what they've, they seem to have really done their research on the time period as well because it can get very very eerie when you're going through these empty villages and people are closing their doors and then there's an X marked on the doors and uh, Hugo, you know, try, you know, wants to go. He's like, oh, what is this? And your sister, uh, Amicia's sister then says, no, Hugo, don't go there. And the funny thing is that we forget as well that they are children and sometimes when they have arguments and Hugo runs off, and I was thinking, oh, that stupid boy. And then Amicia herself would say, oh, you stupid boy, come back here. <laughs> so you do, it, they are kids there and they act like kids as well, just in, in this really, really difficult situation. Is that um, how, because, um, you know, obviously when you have a sort of NPC that you've got to look after, often they can be quite annoying and, you know, either maybe get stuck behind things or um, at the very least, you know, it, it's just annoying to have to like try and control them or protect them. How how annoying is Hugo? I didn't think he was that annoying, which surprised me because I thought... I, I suppose he's I supposed he to be a little bit annoying as your brother. Yes, but, he's, he's five yeah. years old. And there, as I said, there is this because you have this brother, sister, well, tension because as i said she's very jealous of him he's not used to dealing with people because he's been kept in his room his entire life um, but is that is that made clear why that was done why why he was kept in his room is that part of the story or that's part of the story okay yeah no it's uh, you don't know at the beginning now you do reveal more as the game goes on but i'm not going to reveal it because that would be a big spoiler um it does come into play during the game it's not a plot hole and um, but no, what you do as well. I don't know if you, either of you played Eco back in the day for the PS2. I believe that that game is you play as this kind of adventure. You're in a castle and you protect a princess. So you hold her hand and you protect oh, her Ico. from 
Ico, sorry. Is that how you it say might, it? I know. Maybe it is Ico. I've always oh, called no, it Oh, no, it's probably Ico. Yes, yeah. I, I'm no, you're probably Spanish right. Way. Maybe it's Ico. <laughs> Ico, Ico. So, I see well, it. Ico, Ico. You play that, didn't you, Laura? Yes? Yeah, you or say Ico, you know I say Ico. <laughs> Let's call the whole well, thing. ICO. <laughs> so yes, it's a little have, bit sorry, like that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a little bit like that game. So you hold his hand. There are times where you can tell him to stay put and you can deal with the guards. But the thing is, if you go too far away, he will get very stressed and he'll start to shout. So you need to go back to him. So I kept uh, holding his hand in the game um, for as long as I could because I didn't want him to get stressed and then have the guards. Realize it's quite funny as well because you know in Metal Gear Solid when they when you uh, distract them they have an exclamation mark. It's something similar in this game as well. It's not as comical, but it's um, they always go huh. And again, I don't know. I, <laughs> in stealth games, the guards uh-huh. always seem to be really stupid. Exactly, and they're, they're always, lo- over they're there. always looking at a wall. Yeah. Like, why are guards just looking at a wall <laughs> and their backs turned to you? <laughs> Must but be anyway, nothing. Exactly. No, but it was as I said, really well done overall. Um, now, two things I do need to mention is that I was I didn't comp- I didn't finish the game not because the game was bad. On the contrary, it was really good. But I was at the I believe it was the final or the second the second last boss. I believe overall, as I mentioned, the controls are pretty easy and the stealth and action scenes aren't the most difficult. But in the boss section in this boss scene it was very difficult for me because when you have a screen to to load different weapons so you can also use different potions and the alchemical potion but when you toggle the options the game still keeps going and so when i was still toggling different options the guard kept killing me or the boss kept killing me and so i did get very frustrated then and i watched the very end the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes on YouTube, which I know I shouldn't have, I wanted to keep going, but I thought I'm, you know, I'm just, it's really frustrating at this stage. So, can um, you, so it would, is it different, different, different difficulties you can choose or is just, the no, one? It's, uh, okay. it's just the one difficulty setting. So again, I would have liked maybe different <laughs> difficulty settings, you know, and easy, medium and hard. As I said, the game is still pretty easy on the whole. So I think if you, I've played action stealth games before. You didn't have much problem with them. You probably shouldn't have much of a difficulty with this. It was just really that section that really I got stuck in and frustrated in. And so I just finished it then. But And the second issue I had was, like with the flower collectors, there were no manual save points. It just has checkpoints. Mm. And there are different chapters. There are, I believe, 16, 17 chapters. Thankfully, there are quite a few checkpoints during the chapters, during the game. And again, they're not that long, so it's not a huge issue. But I did have a few times when I did die, either if the rats eat you or if the guards kill you or whatever, then I did have to replay sections again and again and again. So it would be nice if you get past one section, it would be nice to be able to save and then continue on again. So, I, and again, I thought maybe I'm overreacting with this checkpoint. Maybe other people are more used to it, but I really don't like it. I I want manual save points or to save when you quit the game. I don't know what you guys think. If I agree, I'm overreacting. Yeah, I think I agree mostly, especially if it's like there's fiddly things you've got to be doing. Mm. I, yeah, I, I I experienced the same in the game that I played where it actually had a save function, but 
if you saved and you re would reload it, it would just put you back at the start of that oh, checkpoint. Yeah, so I've I'm like, well. why the What's hell? The oh, why do you even have a save yeah, point, a save yeah. option? So I, I, I don't understand this because surely if you are making... Now, I'm not a game developer, but if you are making a game, surely you don't want to create frustration for the players. And one way to ease frustration is to either have manual save points or like Kevin Vault and Whispers of a Machine, both games, I believe they saved automatically when you quit at whatever point you were at in the game. And uh, it's great then because you pick up where you left off. And in this game and in the previous game, I played the Flower Collectors. It, you just save automatically. Now, I like it when it auto-saves as well because sometimes we forget to save and yeah. it helps that way. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so that was. I said it's not a huge issue, but it was still a bit of an issue. That again, I was added to the stress of you know your. It's a stressful game, especially if you play it now at time recording. But you you know you you again you're wondering, am I going to get interrupted? Um, you know, by anyone in the family, do I have to leave again? So again, I would have much rather if there had been manual save points. So. Hopefully, if there are any developers listening, just please put manual save points or just have the game save when you quit the game. Um, also, to mention, even though it's, uh, well, you can call it post-apocalyptic or during the Black Plague, but the good thing is about this game that it's not gratuitous. So, you know, like The Walking Dead, which is very gratuitous at times, which the games and um, the comics and the TV series, sometimes they... It's like to take pleasure in the violence sometimes. <laughs> but in this game, it can be a bit grisly and violent at times, but the focus is on the relationship between the brother and the sister and the story, which has happened to be set during the Black Plague. And so there's no scene that was really gratuitous. Now, it still can be violent, but that is another thing that I liked. So, yeah, overall, it took me about 12 hours up until that point, and then I believe it would have taken me another half an hour or one hour, depending on how if I would have died um, that section. So overall, I really enjoyed it. If you are used to playing more action stealth games, it shouldn't be a huge problem for you. But if you are like me, where you don't like action or stealth, maybe watch a playthrough first. As I said, it's still, it aims automatically, so it's easy enough at times. Um, but the story is really good. Everything else about the game is really good. The story, the acting, the music... And I really, really enjoyed it. Now, again, I don't know if people want to play it now, <laughs> uh, 2020, <laughs> but maybe people will. Maybe, maybe they will because um, it's, uh, it's, you know, those characters are going through a lot worse than I think what a lot of people <laughs> these, uh, these days are, depending on people's situation, of course. So, sure. um, yeah, that is a Plague Tale Innocence. Amicia, I want to see mommy. Hugo. I want her to come back. I'll carry you. Mommy is dead, Hugo. You'll never see her again. Go away! Ah, Hugo, go! Anya, don't take too long. I hate you. It's for your own good, Hugo. I'm sorry, I'm sick. We've come back. Everything is all right. Now. Why does she keep resisting like that? Only our methods differ. We have the same goal. We both fight the plague.
And that is available on, well, it's available on Steam and GOG and consoles and uh, everywhere, I think. So, um, well, consoles and PC. I'm not sure if it's available on Switch yet, but, um, but yeah, so... Uh, Thomas, now we go from the Black Plague to uh, another post-apocalyptic game, and I think it's the post-apocalyptic game to end all post-apocalyptic games. There I said it. (laughs) Uh, You played The Last of Us. What if it's true? Do I need to remind you what is out there? Once upon a time... I had somebody that I cared about. And in this world, that sort of shit's good for one thing. Getting you killed. I need something smuggled out of the city. Just cargo, Joel. I just want some simple gear, enough to set me on my way. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. It's got everything to do with that little girl. It can't be any worse than in here. We're shitty people, Joel. It's been that way for a long time. No, we are survivors. This is our chance. It is over, Tess. What are you so afraid of? You're treading on some mighty thin ice here. What do we do? You make every shot count. See, I believe everything happens for a reason. We don't have to do this. You know that, right? After all we've been through, everything that I've done, it can't be for nothing. Yes, um, and I am absolutely not a shooter player. Um, so I guess that's also why this game completely passed me by. Um, but what drew you to it? Why did you decide to play it at all? Oh, because friends were, uh, were saying that it was a game with maybe the best story they had ever played. And I'm like, I had, I have not, I've, I mean, I've, I can't say that I never heard of the game, but that's also the only thing I've ever, I, I knew the name and I knew the, the cover. And that's it. I knew nothing about it except that it was a post-apocalyptic shooter, which was probably also why I didn't play it because it was a shooter. And then my friend Scott said, no, you really should play it because this game might have uh, the ending. I really want to know what you think of the ending. Mm. And you'll be blown away by the beginning as well. And basically you're going to be blown away by the entire game. And I'm so uh, well, sorry. Was, was, that when, was that when we did the uh, Final Fantasy episode, which will be coming up later <laughs> in the month? When we were oh, talking about Final Fantasy, and, about it. yeah, uh, it's could be, could be. Uh, we, we spoke a little bit about Last of Us, which yeah. I only saw a playthrough on YouTube. But yes, I did start playing uh, that game right after that. So yeah, and uh, I got the game through the um, PlayStation Plus subscription, where every month you get two or three games for free. So I had the game. I knew I had the game, and I'm like, hey. I'm not going anywhere. It's Easter. It's Easter Sunday. Uh, I'm going to play this game. And uh, to be honest, this game grips you from the moment you start playing it until the very last end of the credits. Um, 
it's it's insane. It's so good. And I played it on easy. I'll be very honest with that. I played it on the easiest possible way. And even there, it was sometimes hard because, as I said, I'm not a shooter player and I'm not a console player. So I was struggling with both the having to shoot stuff and doing it via a controller. Uh, but what I love about this is this is also uh, what you call a stealth action game because a lot of the stuff, uh, uh, well, there's plenty of violence and, to be honest, also gratuitous violence. Um, there is also a lot of options to try and solve things through stealth and not through uh, emptying your uh, machine gun on the enemy. Uh, the, the toughest enemies are not necessarily the infected because you, you play in a world that some kind of infection uh, took over and people are, yeah, semi-intelligent fungi. It's a bit hard yeah. to say what the exact what they exactly are. I would say. <laughs> That's a good description. <laughs> uh, what they definitely are is scary as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, you, uh, you are a smuggler. You're Joel. Well, the game starts with you when you're trying to escape. When basically the shit hits the fan, and you try to escape with your brother Tommy and your daughter Sarah. And that's the prologue. And then the uh, the game really starts um, after that prologue. And I'm trying really not to give any spoilers, even though it's a seven-year-old game, because mm-hmm. I am glad that nobody spoiled this game for me, because then it would have been uh, a slightly less impressive experience, because this is a game that you read. That this is really an experience, this game. The Even though it, it is a shooter, I, I really didn't experience as much as a shooter uh, because you were just trying to get through this this amazing story. Um, most of the time you play Joel. There are a few um, moments where you also play Ellie, the kid he has taken uh, on and is trying to protect. They're trying to find the fireflies who can hopefully help them with their problem. And getting to uh, finding them uh, is, is huge. It's... Um, it's a huge undertaking, and you come across all kinds of uh, of different. And this this game doesn't doesn't hardly light light up. You know, it's basically you're constantly doing stuff. Either you're sneaking, or you're the, the, the tension is you can cut the tension with a knife. It's so heavy in this game, and that's on easy. So I can't imagine people playing and finishing this game at hardcore, uh, where you can't even die. I mean. I, th- I think I managed to get uh, pretty far without dying, but once I got to a certain point, I just died all the time. Mm. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I also got a bit better. Um, you, you you can improve your character a bit by things you find on the way. You can improve your weapons by weapon parts you find along the way. But uh, one very important thing is it is also a resource management game because you Every, you have to make every bullet count. I've had periods where I, w- I was finding ammunition all over the place and I was just completely filled up with ammunition. And then like 20 minutes later, you're empty. There is no ammo anywhere. You're happy if you find a, a plank where you can uh, bash the heads in of the of the of these fungi, of these these runners or these clickers. Those are, those are the, the most scary ones. You know, you also have the bloaters, but the clickers are the most scary because you hear them way before you see them. And they can. You really need a weapon to kill them, either a shiv or a, uh, or something. That you can, you can, like humans, you can punch 
and 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 choke out and kill that way. And also the runners, you can do that because they're not evolved as far yet. But the clickers and the especially the bloaters, you need some heavy heavy uh, duty weaponry to get rid of them. So, poo, that's uh, yeah. Uh, and and it's it's in the dark, it's in the light, it's everywhere. Did and, and the cool. The cool thing about this game is you just want to keep playing. You just want to because you go from set piece to set piece, and it's relentless in in its pace. It's perfectly paced, I think. Although it's also obviously uh, depending on how how you play the game, but I thought it was perfectly paced. There are moments in there that will almost can give you a heart attack, and uh, I just I just couldn't stop playing. I had to know, so I finished it on Sunday on Easter Monday. Uh, I, I really, really plowed through. I played, I think I played until 2 a.m. because I, I wanted to know how it ended. And that ending is, is mind blowing. That, that, that is, mm-hmm. that blows you, really blows you away. This whole game is fantastic. Uh, there were a few frustrations, but the kind of frustrations that are, um, eventually overcome and with a real sense of achievement, uh, when you, uh, figure out how things work or you get past a very, uh, very difficult area. There's an area in in the end near the end, where even though you're heavily armed, uh, there's there are clickers all over the place. There are runners. There are th- three bloaters running about, and um, yeah, you have to try. And I, I think I I restarted that area maybe thirty times because I kept getting killed. But uh, once I got past that, that was such a relief. It was like, oh yes, you know, it, it felt like an, it really felt like an accomplishment, and I was very close to the end, so I, I just, I just needed to go, and I, I finished it, and I was very proud of myself for finishing it so fast, um, and doing relatively well, even though this is not my type of genre. I found that I intensely enjoyed this experience because this is truly an experience. And uh, I would, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing uh, part two. Uh, and I, I, there is a DLC that I also have. Oh, that the I want DLC to get. is good. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah, to get, try that too. It, it, that is, I would suggest playing that because again, the story is really good in that. And uh, but it has got some difficult bits in it again. <laughs> okay, that's that's fine. Joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just uh, a couple of things. As I mentioned, I don't have a console or PS4, and this game isn't coming to PC. So. I saw the, um, the playthrough on YouTube, and I still really enjoyed it. You know, watching it, somebody else play a game that sometimes it's like, oh, it's not as good. But I was still kind of, you know, t- scared uh, when I was watching it. It was definitely like watching a movie or a TV series. It was the story was incredible. The acting was incredible. It's it, way better than some movie than, than some movie oh, yeah. TV series because well, this this game has brass balls with the, with the choices it makes mm-hmm. and it, it makes choices that you often don't see coming um, it makes choices that can, can make you mm-hmm. mad mm-hmm. It, uh, uh, the, yeah. the introduction I think is one of the best introduction scenes of any format uh, books or movie or TV series or game I think because it, it tells the story, that particular story in what 10-15 minutes yeah. That uh, you mentioned that you're with your daughter and then everything starts and you're trying to escape and all and then just everything happens. Like you go through all the emotions just in 10, 15 minute period. And it's so well done, so well uh, executed as well. 
Empire Magazine, they named this game as the best game of all time, I believe. Now, I know they're a movie magazine, so obviously the narrative was a big thing for them. So they named this as the best uh, game of all time. It's also going to be a TV series. It's going to be on HBO. Oh, it's, I, forget, I forget the name of him, but it's from the writer and creator of the Chernobyl TV series. Oh, 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 it, well, he has some yeah. experience with uh, apocalyptic. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So he's going to yeah, be adapting this, this, this TV series. Have, this could have easily devolved in another zombie shooter because technically, exactly. you know, basically, they're all you're, you're shooting zombies. Mm. But because the strength, because of the strength of the story and the strength of the characters that you really, really care for, um, uh, that just elevates it, and. Um, once even someone like me who is a very who is very bad at shooter games can get completely sucked into this game then you've made something really special i think um and even though it's not an adventure game uh, you go on a very big adventure and uh the, the story the narrative is, is is unbelievable and i'm i'm glad i got surprised by everything because as i said i mm. i i knew nothing of this game except that it was good and uh, when I finished it a few days later, I don't know if you're familiar with the React channel on uh, on YouTube, where they uh, react to all kinds of things. And they also have React Gaming. And it turns out that they have 20 episodes of teens reacting while <laughs> playing The Last of Us yeah. and reacting to that. And I watched that too. I watched all 20 episodes and yet they had like five or six uh, uh, teenagers and it was so fun to to because I basically relived the game again mm. because they were reacting in the exact same way that I was reacting when I was experiencing the story, even though they were twenty years younger than I was, uh, if, if not more. So uh, that was <laughs> no, that was what? just that was just great. It was really cool to uh, to relive the story like that uh, again, uh, and and. Um. Yeah, it's just so so well balanced, so well written. It's it's a fantastic game, truly fantastic game. And to make things even more terrifying, I read somewhere when the game was originally released back in 2013 that I believe I read an interview with a, either a botanist or a biologist or something, and he said, or she, can't remember, sorry, <laughs> uh, I believe it was a he, but anyway, they said that the... That the, you know these uh, what do you call them the clickers or the yeah the... Um, yeah that okay. that's not that's not completely outlandish that theoretically this could be possible that I remember and that oh, struck no. me because it's not a complete invention from the developers and writers of this game they did do research they spoke with um, either biologists or botanists or people in this field and that's how they came up with these clickers and. What they said was that this is not completely outlandish. Now, oh, yeah, you, have these, you have these zombie uh, things that can take possession of uh, of other animals too. You know, uh, mm. so there is nature is is. Brutal. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, and uh, also Nolan North, who is the voice of uh, well a lot of things, but mainly Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series. He he played the character as well. Did he notice that, Thomas? I can no, tell I've, you offline. I've never played Uncharted, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, although, it's, although it's, now I might be tempted to. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I only saw the. Un- I played. I only saw the Uncharted games and, um, what boats? Well, all. 
<laughs> oh, oh, yeah, four of them. Yeah. <laughs> Five, actually, if you include uh, the extras. As again, I've only just seen them on YouTube. I would love to play them, because, but I don't have a PS4, but I might be very tempted to. So what what um, character did he play then? He's the, he was uh, Nathan Drake. Yeah, but you in, said he played something in The Last of Us? Or did uh, I misunderstand you there? Yes, he did. He was... The guy who who you meet when you're playing as L, and the guy with the mustache, I believe he had, he was oh, okay. unrecognizable. Yeah. Oh, okay. So very different to the characters he usually plays. Oh, he was yeah. Also yeah. In the <laughs> great series. And, very different. Um, it's hard not to talk about it without spoiling anything. I know. Just we should one do of a the spoiler many, many... podcast on this. We should probably do a spoiler podcast on The Last of Us. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, well, since we all know the story, the two of you have played it. I've watched it. I think I watched it twice. I I liked it so much. Now, this yeah, was back because it, it is that good, and I I do believe that uh, listeners to this podcast, if you are probably aware if, of it, they're either aware of it and have played it. But if they're if they're not aware of it or if they haven't played it, please play this because oh, it's so good. It's so worth it. It'll it'll push all your all your buttons uh, when it comes to uh, a, a fantastic narrative. And yes, definitely. And again, I remember that um, it's very, as mentioned, dark for the most part, very serious. But then there was a, was there a, see, a section where I think Ellie, where she uh, finds a book of puns, which I, of course, I really enjoyed. I think it's a book it. of jokes or something. Yeah. Book of jokes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah I, but I, for I, some I, reason in my game, she only did the one joke all the time for oh, some really? reason. I don't know, yeah. Uh, don't worry, I'll go. I'll go through that section and I'll tell you the jokes then, Thomas. Don't worry. Nope. Uh, there is a dark sense of humor in this game too. Absolutely. Yes, and some of the characters. I mean, we could spend a long time talking. I think we should probably do a spoiler special. And yeah, we keep promising on... the people spoiler know, we specials, and we, do... and we we don't record them. We have to record them. <laughs> That's the real spoiler. <laughs> we don't record them. Well, no, we well, have to. Especially happen. now, when we have more time. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, so that is The Last of Us. Um, now, as you said, you played on easy setting, which is what... Because if this game were available for PC or for if I had a console or PS4 in this case, I would definitely get it. Now, I, again, I think I would struggle with the action parts because I'm not good at those sections. But, no, but I, think I think for this gonna, game, it's probably worth it. You're going to probably have the same, uh, the same thing as I did, that by the time you get halfway through the game, you're good enough to not mm. get frustrated anymore by it. Uh, so right. I, I, I mean, I yeah, I so I normally play stuff on hard, and I do play uh, FPSs, and even I had to put it on medium, and I was like, "Oh wow, Whoa, this is quite hard." Um, so even you put it was, on medium. Well, I was just like, "There's a point where you're like, well, I do still want to enjoy the game, and it's a bit like, mm. but if I'm just replaying and replaying, and I'm not actually enjoy playing it, then what is the point?" Uh, but I th- I agree. I think there's like a beginning maybe hour where it is actually really difficult because you don't have any equipment really and you yeah. still have to face these quite difficult enemies. And then once you get out of that, you get more weapons, you can upgrade things. And actually, I think near you get like better you say, skills. Yeah, about halfway through, you're like, oh, actually, okay, I'm I can do this now. And yeah, because you, so it's just in, the beginning. In the, in the beginning, you learn how to make a shift from uh, from stuff you find. Yeah. And 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 but your shift is very fragile, so you can use it once and then it's broken. By the end of the, by the time you reach near the end of the game, you can use a shift, one shift three times, and you can make you can have three shifts, so you can have nine 
you can use it nine times, and that that is a huge difference. When because a shift can kill a clicker, and and it's it's very much trial by error sometimes. Because I was in the beginning, I was using those shifts to kill others as well. And like, no, shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. Got in the got in the trouble when there were only clickers. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but it it never. I never got the impression that it was impossible for me to proceed even at my at my level. Uh, I, no, I, I agree. I, yeah, I think yeah. It, it, you you want to continue as well because you you oh you definitely want to continue. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think once you you get just that little bit further, just you know keep continuing, and th- there's enough that you can do to like make make yourself continue, like you know pick up another item or something like that. And but it, it never is like impossible. No, and and it does feel like a roller coaster. Like there are these moments where the tension wretches up, like you like you're going up uh, up on a roller coaster, and then uh, you reach the top, and then there's there's definitely uh, monsters or people you need to fight. So you get that you go down and you get that fast piece, and then eventually you get through there, you get to breathe again, and then you go up again. So because the next set piece is is wretching up the uh, the tension. So yeah, it's 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 incredibly well made, incredibly well made. Definitely yes. No, it's uh, and it's the game released in twenty thirteen, and I think the graphics they still hold up. I mean, obviously the graphics have improved since then. Yeah, I played a remastered version, so I don't know mm. if the uh, if right. how, how different it was. But the I I was not thinking I was playing a game uh, that was seven years old on a, on the PlayStation. Mm. So nice. Yeah. So well, that is the last of us, and. Here we go. Come on, folks. It's coming. But uh, it's not the last game we're going to talk about. (laughs) Actually, before we get to Be Honest, the Sky, I do want to mention as well that The Last of Us Part 2 is, it was supposed to be out now, but because of the COVID-19, it's being delayed indefinitely. I think it was was supposed to be out in May, but... um, Or in May, yes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't wasn't initially supposed to be released a few months ago, but they pushed it back to May, but now they've... Delayed it indefinitely, I believe, which is kind of ironic that a real-life virus has stopped this game by the virus being released. But it's um, because I believe that most of their sales will be in in shops and uh, for the PS4. So I, I can understand that they're postponing until things pick up again in the real world. And unfortunately, um, I believe a few days ago, time of recording, that some douchebags released spoilers for The Last of Us Part 2. Now, I didn't check. I didn't click on the article. I don't know what the spoilers are. So, I'm, And I definitely would not give it away if... But it's just like, you know, oh, come on, guys. Do people really feel that they're, you know, that they're important now because they give spoilers for a game that a lot of people, literally millions of people are waiting for? Um, yeah, and again, I, mean, the, I, I guess there's, I mean, there's rumors, of course, and this isn't, hasn't been confirmed that it was due to, it was like a disgruntled employee of Naughty Dog. Oh, well, no, I didn't know wasn't, that. Wasn't getting paid <laughs> or there was like some kind of reason why they leaked it, but I don't think that's been confirmed. It's just, I mean, it has definitely been leaked though. And I would say like a good, like mm-hmm. 80, 90% of the game to the extent that like, people can t- see the whole plot if they mm-hmm. want. Oh. That's but, interesting. I yeah. mean, because I, yeah, no, because I didn't know who leaked it. I didn't know. I thought it was just. Uh, it's not. Well, that's not confirmed. Cheap. That's not a confirmed right thing. That's just a rumor. But I guess it would make sense in the sense that they had the whole game, <laughs> basically. Right, so yeah, because... you would expect it to be so at least have come from someone from the inside. But you, that's not, com- you know, it, that's not official. I think yet. Uh, right. I mean, uh, I know, know because I know I have. 
I have read some checks all unconfirmed reports of some previous people who worked at the company who said that it was very difficult, shall we say, there's a lot of crunch. And um, so, yeah, I mean, if that is the case, obviously, if I don't get crunch, I don't don't get the crunch. A whole other discussion that we could have. No, if if, if that's necessary, then you should should fire the managers because they've clearly managed it correctly. Yeah. It's, it, that's very. It, that's just. That's just bad management. Absolutely. It's on C- CD Project Red as well. Who are making Cyberpunk twenty? Is it twenty seventy seven that mm, they're making? Yeah. That they've. I believe the wording was that they've been asked to work a little bit longer, or something. So again, they've been told to work longer hours. They need to which... work as long as is necessary to make the game good and right. make it not broken. And what you get now is that mm, uh, way too many companies set set a release date and set it mm-hmm. in stone and they release whatever is ready and they release broken games and then oh yeah we'll fix it in uh, with the first patch bullshit mm-hmm. most players rather wait a month or two months or six months if necessary to get a good game and not a broken game that needs to be patched in the first uh, in the first three weeks it's exactly no it's and if you well, can't if don't... you can't handle your 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 developers if they if if you're forcing them to crunch Fire all those managers because they are they really they, they just fucked it up. It's time management and they fuck it up. And it's not the it's not the, the, the programmers that fuck it up. No, it's the managers that need to be need to manage it better. Yeah, no, I, I agree entirely because you know it's as you mentioned, time management. And I do believe that a happy workplace is a productive workplace. And Absolutely. If they if they can have their own lives as well, then they will be even more productive. So. And, I, and I don't mean that there but, can't be any peaks or anything. Of course, mm. right before the game is released, there will be people doing overtime. But please, uh, I can I I get that. I mean, it's it's probably the same in a movie or uh, or uh, other creative. But once that is done, let them go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure that if, because if overtime lasts for more than two weeks you fucked up your management you fucked up your time uh, management yeah no I agree entirely but we shall see when The Last of Us Part 2 will be released because well, maybe this is the thing maybe they'll release it really quite soon now considering everyone knows <laughs> what's what's happening <laughs> exactly I mean knowing our look it'll probably be released before we upload <laughs> this episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, and usually, and usually uh, I would not uh, because it's a console game, and I would like to, you know, the. Uh, but this is now a game that I'm probably gonna buy when it comes out, and I'm usually not one who buys uh, console games when they come out. But this is now one that has jumped to the top of my wish list. So, mm-hmm. I think for a lot for a lot of people, but um... and yeah, and understandably so. Yeah, no. Hopefully, we'll do a spoiler special for The Last of Us uh, at some point. We'll, we we should we should really do it. Um, but anyway, so that is The Last of Us, and we spoke as well about broken games. And uh, speaking of games with the word "broken" in them, we're going to be speaking about the next game, which is from the developers of Broken Sword. <laughs> okay. But the game we're going to. I wonder where you're going with that. They're not like, broken. Yeah, games. I was also select. Okay. The title. <laughs> In this game, though, from the developers of Broken Sword, they're also working on Beyond the Steel Sky. Yeah, they got there in the end. Long time coming, but we got there. Nice segue eventually, right? Anyway, uh, so, Laura, you you had a chance. This is 
this is your second time playing a preview of Beyond the Steel Sky, which I am totally fine with. I am not jealous or vindictive or <laughs> well, full I'd of hatred. This, the first time I didn't actually play it, it was I got to watch Charles Cecil play it. So. Oh, right. Still, you got to see it in action. You got to, yeah, yeah. So you met Charles Cecil and you got to see <laughs> him play the game. That's supposed to make me feel much better, right? <laughs> now she's just, she's just name dropping now. Oh, come on. <laughs> your, come your best buddy, uh, your bestie, Charles no. Cecil, or, or Charlie, as you call him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so anyway, you had a chance to play Beyond the Steel Sky. You had to play um, a preview version of this game, which is the sequel to Beneath the Steel Sky, which is not confusing at all. For, um, but now this is, I, I believe this is top of people's wish lists as well for adventure game fans. I believe on Adventure Gamers on the Hypermeter has been number one ever since it was announced last year. So, well, over to you then, Laura. What were your impressions of this uh, preview? Again, I believe we have to mention it is a preview. It's not the yeah. full version. But yeah, so over to you. So yeah, it is a preview build. Um, and I'll, I'll go into sort of things I, I discovered about that a bit later on. But basically, I mean, I think people who are fans of Beneath the Steel Sky and have been watching Beyond the Steel Sky, which obviously was due to, there was a, a release date, I think earlier this year, uh, I think around now actually, where they were considering it, or also December, I think they were looking at uh, 2019 and that's got pushed back. Um, so it's, you know, I don't think they've put a particular release date for it now, but you are again playing Robert Foster as you do in Beneath a Steel Sky. Uh, but the big sort of change up for Beyond is it's all in 3D, whereas uh, Beneath was in 2D. And, you know, some people have bemoaned that change as they always will with adventure games oh when they change 3D and I can understand yes. it for some things controlling uh, characters when you're also having to like do a lot of picking up and examining things can be a bit clunky um, I didn't find that so much I have to say with Beyond so I'll get into first of like the the story a little bit but you are playing Robert Foster you um, have to go back to Union City basically because um, you are outside in this kind of wasteland place called the Gap, where Beneath kind of left left you. Um, a child gets stolen, and you like feel it's your duty to kind of go and like tr try and track down this child. You end up on the outskirts of Union City, which is where he tried to escape in Beneath, uh, and the puzzle the puzzle is trying to get back in basically. Um, so you move around with the WASD keys. I'm presuming at some point you're going to be able to do this with a gamepad as well, which might be easier. Um, but um, the they only sort of in the preview were letting you do it on the WASD and mouse as a camera. I actually found the camera was pretty free moving, which was good because sometimes you know, especially in 3D, it gets like stuck behind things. Um, that was fine. I did find it a little bit clunky. You know, you basically, there's obviously, cause it's 3d, there's a whole world around you. You can't like do hotspot because it just wouldn't be possible. But, um, instead this, um, with this, you, you basically, uh, move around and when you're near something, you can interact with it. Um, so it pops up for you to interact with it. That could be a little bit clunky because if you're not right in front of something, it won't pop up. Um, so that was an issue I, I did find with that. Um, that was the only thing where I was a bit like, uh, you know, you wouldn't have this in 2D. It's a sort of 3D problem. But what you do get out of the 3D is a huge wide space to be interacting with. You can run around, you know, it feels like much more of a living world 
that you're in. Uh, you know, there's sort of birds flying overhead. You, you can sort of look all the way up and there's this huge skyscrapers of Union City. So that was really cool to see. And they've really done quite a good job, I think, of sort of animating everything as well. So Dave Gibbons, who was the artist from Beneath um, and who did the sort of little comic book intros, which he also does for Beyond, is is back again. And he's also from Watchmen, you might be. Yeah, well. he's, a, he's a comic book legend. <laughs> yeah, he's very well known in the graphic novel industry. So, you know, he's back doing his kind of comic book stylings, but also like his sort of stylings um, like for the characters. So it's kind of got this like the Wolf Among Us sort of cel-shaded comic book style. Uh, with like Robert and the other characters. Um, so there's a little bit of comic book style, even just like in general, as well as the intros. Um, and the puzzles incorporate, you were mentioning virtual theater before, Shorsha, like this idea that revolution has that like people go about their daily, you know, their daily routine and you have to sort of interact with them and change their motivations in some way rather than everyone just stuck to one spot and you go up to them and talk to them and, and do something. Um, and I kind of saw that in, you know, in action that was going on. I, I have to be honest, mainly it meant I was just having to run after people if I wanted to like get hold of them. I didn't like find right, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, this person at this point will stop here and then I can do this. It was more like, well, I've got to go talk to them now, but they've moved and I can't find where they are. And I was just like running around like, where have they gone? Um, so I'm sure that will be incorporated more in the full thing. Um, but I, so I saw that, which was kind of the, the world I saw whilst I was at Gamescom, the bit outside Union City. And then I saw a little bit inside as well, which is quite cool. It were and in this bit, basically you get the ID of someone else and you have to basically pretend that you are that person because you, you go back to their apartment inside Union City because you're trying to find clues and stuff. And you basically have to impersonate them because there's someone from this ministry there. Uh, and basically at the end of Beneath a Steel Sky, I don't know, you, you've you played it, haven't you? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, have, yeah, so I played it last year. I yeah. replayed it, yeah. Yeah. So Joey, um, obviously <laughs> you leave Joey like trying to set up this utopia and restore Union City to what it was once like. And um, it, basically he's left. Uh, this sort of mysterious council has taken his place. And they are all a little bit sort of dystopian and wanting to control you. So you you turn up at this place at this apartment and there's this guy from the Ministry of Health or something who's like wanting to question you and you have to try and pretend to be this person. So that's kind of another puzzle element of it. And you have to sort of search his apartment. So that's that was the sort of second part of the puzzle uh, of their sort of demo that I had I hadn't seen that part at all. Um, and the whole game, I would say it, it ran fairly smoothly. There were some bugs and um as you might expect from a mm. kind of preview sort of beta mode um uh other elements that i kind of enjoyed was uh, that there will be it seems like there is going to be like a hint system so uh when i went to the sort of menu it that said hints and what i did like was that basically you can click on hint but then there's a cool down period for like two minutes so you can't click on another hint again until you've had that two minute period which is kind of a nice idea it means you know the game will give you some ideas but you know you're gonna have to wait and mm. until you get to the next one which is a bit they've done a bit like that with broken sword as well um so that was kind of good and i also enjoy this kind of new ish puzzling 
system, which is where you have to hack into computers, um, which I saw mainly in sort of the first bit of the demo, which is you've got this scanner and basically it allows you to hack into computers and you swap kind of logic points around to make computers do what you want, basically. So like if there was a vending machine and it said, if you've got a citizen card, you can get something from the vending machine. If you don't, it will set an alarm. You could switch those two points around. So if you don't have a citizen card, you can get something from the vending machine. And if you do, it sets off an alarm. And that, you know, creates the ability to cause mischief, basically. Um, and I'm just kind of hoping that gets used a bit more in the game proper. Because at the moment, it was like there was a little elements that you could do that with, but nothing I mean, I'm just kind of hoping it's a bit like, you know, with Whispers of a Machine where there's like those augmentations and that right, adds yeah. a, an extra level to the game where you can do extra things um, rather than it being sort of a cool thing that you use maybe once or twice. Like I'm, I'm hoping it's more of a thing that you can properly use it for, but fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, in general, I thought the 3D was you know was worth having it meant that the world felt more exciting um it didn't really impede me too much which is always good um the dialogue in general was pretty pretty sharp it was like one or two stilted bits where i was a bit like i don't really get what's going on here it wasn't quite quite clear enough and hopefully they, they might tighten that up a little bit there was like one character where i was a bit like i think it was supposed i think it was supposed to be funny and i was a bit like okay that's fun. it was like a bit bit silence there um in but so i don't know at the moment i'm really hoping this you know has what it takes i'm just not sh i'm just not sure right now because there's still a few elements that are not right. quite off but it's a preview i think they've they've got you know they've got the great art um they they've got like the the characters they've got the plot which sounds interesting just can can they build something around that so it's not just this like piece that you know has has an interesting idea and doesn't really do anything with it. I'm not sure at the moment. I'm I hope I'm hoping they do. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, because I've 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 read some previews as well, including your own, which you wrote for Adventure Gamers. And generally, it is. I think they said similar to you that it's still a preview version. There are some bugs, but I think people are cautiously optimistic to say this game could be really good. But as you mentioned, they need to iron out a few things as well and. So uh, hopefully, as you mentioned, they can build the things around it that they have the plot that it will it can stick the landing and they can improve upon those things because it is I think a lot of people's number one game that they're looking for adventure game in way that they're looking forward to. And uh, was there any sound from the game? Did, did you have sound like any sound effects? Any yeah, music so it's, any voice it's fully voice acted. So every character is voice acted, uh, which was great. I mean, uh, a lot of the mm. people from like around the gap are kind of Australians and kind of have this sort of uh, quite good Australian twang. Um, I would, yeah, I I think that was a great addition, and um, that will obviously continue for the rest of the game. And and mm. that was all kind of well lip synced as well, which is another issue. Obviously, with 3D, sometimes it looks mm -hmm. a little bit off, but that all seemed to look work really well. Yeah, because uh, uh, one of the curious things about the original Beneath the Steel Skies, it, it is set in Australia, but the main character is American, <laughs> and yeah. the rest of the NPCs sound like they're from Yorkshire. So <laughs> it's an interesting combination, but no, I mean we obviously you know, it's revolution, it's Charles Cecil, you they know what you're doing, but it seems to be very ambitious. It, I I believe it's probably from what I've seen, from what I've heard, it seems to be their most ambitious game to date, 
So I really hope they can pull it off. We don't have any release date yet, uh, as far as we know. But yeah, as long as it takes, really. We were talking about broken games. We we want it to be done. We want it to be good. We want it to be to be fully playable. <laughs> so yeah, I would agree, and I think it's going to take a while. I think they still need some time just to to go through all of this. To be honest, it's it's not quite yeah that, and I'm sure they know that. <laughs> they're well aware yeah. of that, and they're not saying it is. Um, so let's let's just see, and hopefully they do take the time. Especially, you know, it's not a huge team revolution exactly. so they this is a big undertaking for them and good for them you know for, for going for it and let's just hope yeah they just take the time they need and continue working on it because people will be happier i'm sure with, with the finished product so w- when did the original came out i don't have that right on my uh 1994 i believe yeah 94 around then so yeah, this, this sequel is yeah. 26 years 26 years <laughs> later so is that is that a record in um in, in computer games to have a sequel that long because mm. and and do you think this sets question. this this sets a trend for getting like you also see with tv shows that like after 15 years uh uh will and grace comes back and and the stuff like that do you think there this sets sort of sort of a trend in computer games yeah, as well we, we had the sequel to king's quest out a few years ago i mean sequel is a new king's quest game episodic as well and uh, but yeah, no, that's, I don't know if it probably is a record as far as I know. That's a good quiz question. Cause I'm trying to think of anything that's longer than that. I was thinking of like Shenmue, but that's, mm. that's not as long as that. That's like maybe 15 years or something, but. Right. And then there's Tales of Monkey Island, but that was about 10 years, I think when it came out. Uh, well, question for our question. listeners. If anyone can yes, think uh, of a video game. Yeah, because I honestly don't know, but it, it, wait. It must be some kind of record almost. And then again, we don't know if it will be released this year. Hopefully it will, but it could be pushed back to 2021, possibly. We don't yeah. know yet, but uh, with everything. But yeah, as you mentioned, Revolution is a relatively small team. For an adventure game, it's probably considered a big team. It has its studio. It has a number of people working as well. But it's still small compared to most other game studios as well. And Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Revolution Studio are the longest-running adventure game company because they're, uh, they've been around since 1990. Well, they they have and they haven't though because they've um, you know they've not always been a company, right? Some, but- yeah, they've sometimes not existed. There was several times it's been kind of closed down and then reopened again to kind of right, uh, yeah, exist I know that as they- a company. They, they laid people off in the early 2000s and they, well, they came back again with the release of Broken Sword 5. And, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, we can say 30 years of revolution on and off again. <laughs> yeah, that well, from uh, but, this year is 30 years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they've still lasted longer than Sierra and LucasArts and any of the main companies because at least they've been able to come back again. They've been, yeah. So it's uh, still a huge achievement. But, yeah, so that is Beyond the Steel Sky. I'm, I am really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that they do take their time. I mean, we've got plenty of other games to play in the meantime. I, I um, hope uh, this game takes away my my bias towards 3D adventure games. Yeah, you see, there there are games. The Flower Collectors was made in 3D. Heaven's Vault was made in 3D. And that didn't, that like. didn't feel like a 3D game. But that's the point. Then, that because I think it's, it's so good. Yeah. That, that it, it's so good. 
Some people, I think that it's when it's when it's like a, maybe a more sort of traditional point and click mm. adventure taken into that 3D thing that people seem to have an issue. But then when you think about it, like you say, there's been loads of 3D. There's like Firewatch. I mean, Dreamfall, the longest. Sorry, which one is that, Laura? Oh well, Firewatch. I mean, that's first person. Yes, 3D, yes, exactly. Firewatch. Yeah. Also, the sequel to The Longest Journey looks arguably better in 3D. Dreamfall, The Longest Journey, and Dreamfall Chapters, which both look amazing. I did have some issues with those games, but not with the graphics, not with the way they looked. Return of the Oprah Den was also in 3D. Again, it doesn't look 3D, but again, that's the point. It's uh, It looks amazing. Okay, you, you, made your point. you made your point. <laughs> No, it's, it's. I mean, I understand you as well, Thomas, but it's mainly when I go online and I read these comments. You mentioned, Laura, some people are instantly, casually dismissing Beyond the Steel Sky because it's in 3D. And that kind of annoys me because, I mean, again, everyone has their own opinions. And yes, there are advantages, disadvantages, 3D, 2D, but there are certain things you can do in 3D games that you can't do in 2D games. And as we just mentioned if just because a game is in 3D doesn't mean it's going to look terrible. It can still look really nice like the games we've mentioned. And I think Beyond the Steel Sky looks really nice as well. I do agree that 2D has a certain charm, but uh, like, you know, maybe like pixel art has a timeless charm, but I, I like, I like also, I like, you know, 3D, 2D, 2.5D as well. It's, you know, but I would say to people just give games a chance just because, mm, and even yeah. with the early, even with early screenshots, don't just dismiss the meter because they do change. Uh, I believe this happened with Techno Babylon 2, which we'll, I'll be speaking with James Dearden coming up in May, that he did mention this a little bit, that people, when they saw the first in-progress screenshots, that they were like, oh, it looks awful, which it don't, I don't think it did. But um, yeah, anyway, that's another discussion for another time. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that is Beyond the Steel Sky. It is Beyond the Horizon because we don't know when it's coming out. And I think, uh, <laughs> I know Thomas liked that joke. There you go. <laughs> and I think that's it for this week. Um, our... Uh, are you playing any games now at the moment? Uh, Thomas, you're playing something. I know you can't say too much about it because you just started it. Yeah, I just started on Summit of the Bear, uh, Summit of the Wolf, sorry, um, which is a, a, a point and click, a more traditional point and click game, um, which is tackling some really heavy subjects. Uh, it comes with a disclaimer. Um, I'm not going to go into it now, probably the next time we meet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a heavy game. It's a heavy game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I got that from the trailer, which we can discuss in more detail in next two weeks as well, because I haven't played it. So I don't think it's fair to comment until I hear you, what you say about it. Um, you know, I don't want to judge either positively or negatively from a trailer, um, just to see what you say. Um, but yeah, so that's the next game that you'll be talking about. Then. And uh, Laura, are you playing anything now or just waiting to see what <laughs> what, what comes onto your lap? Oh. Or your, well, your a bit of both, really. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to... Now I'm... Yeah, it's, I, this is the first time in ages so I've been many. like, oh, God, I, I finally have a break. Um, I don't know. I, I Looking at my Steam library, there, there's still quite Oof. a lot of things. Oh, God. I mean, I'm I'm interested in the... What was it? The, the Is it the council or what, what was it that you were... Yes, the council, I'm yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm interested uh, think... in playing that. So I might mm, give that a little okay. go. Let's see. Oh, curious. I also got, games my way. Come on. 
Yeah, I, I also got a new game um, from the XCOM series um, called XCOM uh, Chimera, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Chimera, Chimera Squad, which is a yeah. uh, turn-based uh, tactical uh, uh, shooter, uh, yeah, tactical game, isometric. Reminded me a lot of uh, Mutant Year Zero, and I was a huge fan of the original uh, XCOM, so I'm, I'm also going to try and play that one. And I managed to uh, get Detective Die, or D. Oh, nice. Oh, Detective D, uh, yes, yeah, I reviewed it last for, year. For a nice price, so I, I bought that one too. And, oh, of course, nice. I'll be playing uh, Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone. Of course, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what you'll be playing Mostly, so I need you on my um, I need you on my Apex team. <laughs> we should do we should do an Apex <laughs> team. Trying <laughs> how we're doing, yeah. we'll probably be you blasting everyone and, and us and, and the other two just walking around. <laughs> well, like, we, I'll be like mm. trying to get killed. I've learned you do like murdering people in games, just going around, just murdering people. It's fun. Their heads off. Oh, it is absolutely. As long as you keep it to the to the game, it's fun. It's, yeah, just stick it in. You know, keep yes, it in the obviously. game. Obviously. <laughs> Don't go in real oh, life. Cool. It's um okay. Uh, well, I won't. I <laughs> it's uh now I don't want to say just yet the game I'm playing online because I've just started it. I've just played well about two hours yet, but if it continues, if it sticks a landing, it could be possibly my game of the year so far. If it continues like this, that is a question. I'm hoping it will. But I'm really, really enjoying it. Now, I'm going to talk more about the game in the next two weeks. Um, I keep it out there for people. It's really, really good. And I think in particular Thomas would like it from what I've played. But I'm really enjoying it from what I've uh, been playing. It's, um, it's uh, to give a clue, it's a cyberpunk game, which uh, I started playing with just released a few days ago. Oh, well, last week was kind of episode. I mean, I also like uh, Cyberpunk. I'm going to say that now. I was, I was, no, that's right. I, 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 I know that Thomas liked it. Much, but <laughs> yeah, then you, Laura, I think, would like it. So far, I've only, I'm only at the beginning. But so Does far, it involves it taxis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that it's starting to take all my buckets. <laughs> there are hovercars in this. Purely coincidental, but. I'll be keeping listeners in, in suspense. You, you, it's the, there are hovercars. And uh, I'm playing that, really enjoying it. And I hope to be to finish Life is Strange prequel, uh, finally. <laughs> um, I played season one, and I'm playing the prequel now. Um, I still have one episode to go, so I hope to finish that with the next two weeks. And all going well. Again, I don't want to promise anything, but hopefully I can start Disco. Oh, finally. God. <laughs> I want to start <laughs> I really want to start it, and we'll see what else happens. But so um, good. But yeah, once I finish these two games, I do intend to start, unless I get other games in the meantime, which could also happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, that is it for this week. Uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to mention before we finish off? Uh, well, I, I had a bit of a gaming funk because from working from home, sitting uh, on my PC mm. all day uh, at my desk all day, uh, I had a, 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 a few, like a, two or three weeks where I was like, no, I don't want to play games. I, I want to step away from my desk and my computer and do something else. Uh, so I, <laughs> so eventually I started playing Last of Us, which got me over the over the hill. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, if, if you guys have experienced something like that too, but 
getting I'm slowly getting back from that again but uh, mm. I, I did have a period where I was not uh, not in the mood uh, to sit at my desk even longer playing games yeah if you're I watching the computer I think that yeah if you're looking at the computer screen all day and then you know you have to play more games I think it's fair enough to go want to do something else I mean I go to the kitchen I go in <laughs> <around> the house <laughs> yeah I do that too I try, I try to walk every day I I discovered a castle in my in my neighborhood. I had no idea there was a castle in my neighborhood. I've been living over three years, so oh, wow. it's a, it's good for uh, for a lot of things. Uh, there's yeah, there's a big forest, but I never really explored that forest. And then it's been such beautiful weather, and we are allowed to go out for a walk, for instance, or to do some sports activity or whatever. So I try to go for a walk every day, and I notice, oh, this this is quite a big forest. So then in the weekend, I just started exploring the forest and ended up at a castle. <laughs> so I had no idea the castle was there. So, uh, yeah, that's now uh, a bit of a favorite nice. spot to walk to. It's, it's, I mean, that's Ireland, you know, you can you, you just walk around the corner and there's a, there's a castle there or, or, or a ruin or, or something. I think it's even worse here than in the UK, but uh, that's also the charm of the country. So uh, take, uh, oh, if, if, if you're, if the, the, the laws at your country allow it, please do, stay safe and stay healthy but also mm-hmm. try and go for a walk every now and then so you can you know really keep our clean. mental health as well which yeah. is important but no. yeah staying safe and staying within the restrictions that's if you're under well on that note i think we'll <laughs> take this out um we hope everybody is safe and is well considering the circumstances um also a huge thank you to all the developers i've spoken to i have done Hopefully, by the time this episode goes out, I will have done enough interviews to last us the year. I've spoken to some really, really great developers, some that are well-known, some that are, uh, well, famous, and others that have make first-time venture games. Uh, I've also spoken to some developers of, you know, text adventures, of visual novel as well. Uh, yeah, I can say it's a developer of Eliza. Which you played Laura as well. He reviewed yeah, a few months ago, so he spoke. Uh, Matthew Burns. Uh, he was really interesting as well, and we we do mention how it does go dark a bit as well. But he talked more about that, and um, really really interesting to speak to him. So there will plenty coming up this year as well. So, uh, well, on that note, uh, take care, everyone, and we will be back in two weeks. And next week, I'll be joined by Game Chuck who are developing Trip the Ark Fantastic. And this looks like it could be a great game. It looks like it's, should I say, a pioneer. That it's not adventure, not RPG. It's the first of its kind um, game, Trip the Ark Fantastic, which looks really, really good. Uh, so I'll be talking to developers about that. So until then, take care, everyone. I will be back, the three of us, in two weeks' time. Yep. Keep questing. Stay safe. Bye-bye. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. 
Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you